One thing that I kind of realized after I did the edit of the last episode uh, is that we had, like, a very natural, like, sort of, what do you call, like, a cold open, I guess you would call it, um, uh, and that... Yeah, cold open. That was, like, a, we were, we were just, like, talking naturally, and I just kind of grabbed that, yeah. and that was the intro, and I don't know if we could replicate that. Gonna have a lot of fun, gonna hit a hum run. Littlest league possible in the littlest league possible. Gonna make a big splash. Uh, and then this is where the maybe the music would fade out, and then I, I'd say like, "Hey, we're back for another week of tater tots. It's me, Tim." Oh, and I'm Duncan. Do, should I say your name, or do you want to say your name? Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, yeah, why don't we do what you tried to do? Oh, we're taking another take? No. I am Duncan. <laughs> Welcome and to we made Tats, it week two. We made it a whole, we made it a whole second week. Um, I'm surprised I had, a uh, little optimism. Yeah. But, uh, we've, uh, received astounding feedback from all the listeners. They all said that, uh, we listened to the podcast. They certainly um, gave us feedback and the feedback was we listened to it. Which... It sounds a little lame, but I yeah no for, for I am, me I'm I always was frankly very surprised that people were interested and actually listened and who knows yeah. if it'll sustain. Um, Next if, week if, maybe in addition to telling me that they listened to it, they'll say that they enjoyed it also. Yeah, uh, Dustin said that he enjoyed it, which uh, was was very surprising to me. It's my brother. He doesn't he doesn't really know anything about baseball, so I I thought that was kind of neat. I guess he just enjoyed the bits. My dad told me that we should stop trying to entertain each other and start trying to entertain our listeners. I think that's very good feedback. I disagree. I think that that's hi dad. He's also listening. Hey. I think that that's bad feedback because I think that that would be uh, tantamount to selling out, and I'm not a sellout. I am so adamantly opposed to selling out. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, to uh, to Mr. Livingston, I must say, I appreciate you listening to the podcast, but you, you don't, you know, my goal for the podcast has always been to drive away as many listeners as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst podcast. This is like, we're doing like the producers. Uh-huh. Where, did you, you've never seen that movie. No. I remember but I, one I time the I, premise. I was watching it, and you said, I will never watch this movie. I did. Or something something to that effect. I don't know. I was watching it, and you said, I've never seen it. Yeah. And you, like, refused to watch it with me or something like that. Okay. Uh, it's a good movie, and the point is that they make the worst musical. Yeah. On purpose. Uh, yeah. And that's what we're doing here. Um, and that, that's, that's exactly what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, someone congratulated me on this. Uh, after after we put up the first episode, someone said congratulations, uh, and that's when I realized that this is where the hard work begins. Uh, yeah, we got to do twenty more of these even after this, uh, 20, and then yeah, that's continue right. to do them hopefully forever and ever and ever until we die. Yeah, I mean, if it's enjoyable, I don't know. I'm really jazzed for this. I was really, I was, you know, like I said, I, I didn't anticipate um, much to come out of this, and and. Uh, the feedback that we've gotten was really encouraging. Let's get to our first segment. Uh, we have a segment now. We have oh, so yeah, much. Oh, yeah, we do. We've grown so much. <laughs> we have show notes. <laughs> I have headphones that won't bleed, probably, and we have uh, one whole segment. I'm uh, so excited for our segment. Do you want to introduce it? Uh, I would love to introduce it. 
Oh, it's the tot stove. We got tot hot stove. To- tot stove action here. <laughs> tot toad stove action. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, the segment is uh, the tot stove. Uh, as everyone who is no doubt listening to this podcast will know, uh, we're currently in the hot stove season of baseball as baseball never sleeps. Uh, and this off season is what is sometimes referred to as the hot stove where all of the hot and juicy rumors, the rumor mill really gets going. Uh, and this podcast is no exception. Only our rumors are obviously um, completely and totally concerned with uh, our, our beloved tater tots. Our uh, boys. Yeah. Where the tater tots are in the oven. Actually, mm-hmm. it's a tot oven, but I prefer yeah. tot stove still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't consider that it, that it might have been a pun. I think you could prepare tater tots on the stove. On the stove? No, I really yeah, don't well, think you can. Usually you get frozen tater tots, but if you wanted to make your own tater tots at home... No. You'd, I, have I, to, I, you'd have to cut your potatoes into cylinders and then deep fry them on... That's not what tater tots are. We should get into this. This is kind of important to our okay, show. Okay, hold up. What are tater <laughs> It's tots? like they're shredded, right? They're shredded potatoes, yeah. and then they're they're formed up in the in like a cylinder shape, and then they're fried or baked or something. But they're not they're not just a, it's not a, a, just a cubic. Fr- that makes sense because it would be a lot denser if it were just a big French fry. How would you cut a potato <laughs> into a cylinder? Yeah, I don't. How would it you would be even difficult. do that? <laughs> I guess with a cylinder potato cutter. Yeah, that's that's what Elton Brown calls a real. Ah, damn it! One trick. He has oh, a word. Unit tool, unitasker. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. Something like that. Elton yeah. Brown, the kitchen scientist. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like cylinder cutters. He no, absolutely throws not. Throws them out the window on his TV show. That's the whole show too. Which yeah. is crazy that he got picked. He got picked up for more than one season on that. Yeah, nine seasons, and all he would do is throw out. <laughs> he would go to the store and say, "Do you have any cylinder cutters?" And when they would find them for him, he would yeah. throw them right on the ground. And they would just fell well, into doing that. Really, like, I mean, what sold it was after the first three seasons, he was like, oh, I'll throw something else out the window. And that got everybody else right back on board. Mm-hmm. What's the segment? This is this is uh, the Todd Stove segment. Uh, yes. Uh, big news. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall. The biggest news. Tater Tot, notable Tater Tot Lonnie Chisenhall has yes, signed indeed. with the Pittsburgh Pirates on a one-year, $2.75 million deal. Uh, the contract is is laced with performance bonuses. Yeah, I I, I usually, uh, granted, I don't usually take this close a look at performance bonuses, but this one's got a whole bevy of them. Yeah, I don't fully understand what there's... Okay, so... Yeah, it, let me explain, because this is just actually, this is the text from the Jean-Paul Morosi tweet, and it took me a while to parse. So... Yeah. He gets $2.75 million base salary. This is, yeah. is going to be really engaging content. Um, That's fine. He gets an additional $250,000 if he reaches 250 plate appearances, 300 plate appearances, 350, or and 400. So for each of those thresholds, he gets an additional quarter million dollars. Oh, and then oh, at, oh. That, at 450, yeah. 500, 550, and 600, at each of those thresholds, five. he gets an additional $500,000. So this so, could be this second. could end up so, being a several million more dollars than the base salary. He's going to get an extra. All right. So he's going to get 2.75 million dollars for say like zero plate appearances. 249 plate appearances, right? Yes. And then on the, the 250th, he gets another 250k. 
So and then three million, yeah. And then once he hits three hundred, he gets another two hundred fifty k and so forth. Yes, yeah, it's a lot I, of incentives. So he might get to four hundred, but he's just like. It's unlikely. I don't know. It is unlikely that he hits most of these incentives because uh, uh, Lonnie Chisenhall loves to be hurt. He loves being hurt, and like the other thing is that he's like the only reason they signed him is because Gregory Polanco is hurt. Yeah, it's it's a very much like a blind leading the blind situation, and a lot of people are really excited about the move, uh, and actually maybe with good reason. He's he might not get all these incentives. Lonnie Chisenhall has a case at being the most talented hitter on the tater tots list this year like he makes that case yeah that was i phrased that extremely eloquently but i mean to say he's on the list because he had extremely few plate appearances because uh oh, yeah. he was hurt um right and he's been hurt for most of the past two seasons but when he has been playing he's a very good hitter wait 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 is this the pirates only tater tot now uh no, cause this is that's a good segue because they also have um, Eric Gonzalez, who's another tater tot, uh, who was traded to the Pirates um, for, and this was the move that set up the Lonnie Chisholm moves. They traded away, uh, what's his name? I've forgotten already. Jordan Luplo. Yeah. Yeah. Who who was their fourth outfielder, and it, like everybody was kind of like, well, this means they're gonna hit the market, and it's gonna be so exciting, and they're gonna <laughs> get Marwin Gonzalez. Or something like that. Uh-huh. And they didn't get Marlin, Marwin Gonzalez, and they won't get Marwin Gonzalez because now they have Eric Gonzalez. Um, and the Pirates, and also got, as we all know, are they refuse to have two players with the same last name. That's true. Wait, no, it's not. They had Jack Wilson and Craig Wilson for a while. Um, they refuse to have two players named Gonzalez. Maybe that's it. No, I I don't know. <clears throat> um everyone's I, I don't know everyone's been very excited about the pirates so far and the Lonnie Chisenhall deal the more that I look at it seems like a pretty good idea uh I'm really not like I'm really not sold on Eric Gonzalez very much to be honest mm-hmm. uh I respect his his capabilities and and I don't know it seems like he maybe could be something but the the big news when they traded for him was more about that they traded J- Jordan Luplo away oh uh and we're like, oh, now they're going to make another big, exciting move. Um, but it seems like they kind of sealed it up in the middle infield. Uh, Adam Frazier is probably going to be their starting second baseman. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Kevins, Kramer, and Newman coming up. So maybe there. But Eric Gonzalez is on the team. Uh, and the Pirates are not going to get anyone more exciting there. Which yeah. is, I don't know. <laughs> and that's about it. Are they in the market for any pitching? No. So they're just gonna hang Pat then? Yes, I heard some. I read some stuff today about how that probably will be it. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think there, they, there, there's some speculation that they might continue to shop around. But I don't. I can't think of what else they really need because they did sign Jung Ho Gong, and also Lonnie Chisenhall can play some third base. Uh, yeah, Lonnie Chisenhall is very uh, versatile. If if he stays healthy. <laughs> Yeah, if he can stand up, and as we discussed, he hates standing up. He he's hates always getting stand. hurt because he loves to lie down on hospital beds. That's why he's always hurting himself. Yeah, <laughs> he just he can't. Hey, Lottie, you know you can just buy one of those beds, dude. You don't need to be hurt to lie in one. No, no, no. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Trust me, guys. They don't have the yep. good Jello at my house. What about all those performance bonuses? <laughs> Money can't buy you Jello. <laughs> 
Of course they can. What are you talking about? Lonnie Chisholm has no understanding of how currency works. Like he no. thinks you can only get Jello at the hospital. That's why they got him in such a sweet deal. He would have asked for more <laughs> if he had known to. Yeah. Um, the other big tot stove, and and obviously we're gonna get to. We won't get to Eric Gonzalez. We we deemed the home run that he hit this season not particularly interesting. We uh, and it wasn't. It. it was a solo home run. Uh, it, it, he did hit it off Francisco Liriano, which is interesting to me, but to no one else. Um, and uh, I think the Indians won that game. Francisco really? Liriano tater tot. Is he a tater tot? He probably is historically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Historically, not this year. Of interest to anyone listening to this podcast who we have to assume are all interested in... Wonderful, wonderful point. Yeah, yeah. uh, Distinction. Uh, But Eric Gonzalez did make the cut. Uh, It was a pretty conventional home run and a pretty conventional game in May. Um, And I couldn't find much to talk about there. Uh, But maybe next season when he hits one home run uh, in 600 plate appearances for the Pirates at shortstop. Um, which he undoubtedly will do. Um, that being said, the, the, the Rangers also signed Jeff Mathis, who we will be talking about a little bit later, uh, who's apparently the worst offensive catcher in history. What was that? No. Nope. Yeah, if you sort by OPS+, plus, which is not, you know, that's not the best measurement of offensive contributions, but um, for anyone with, uh, I think, 2,600 plate appearances or more, he's at the very bottom of the list. Poor guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, he hit himself a dinger this year. He absolutely did. Um, and I think actually there are some parallels uh, with AJ Ellis um, that I'm excited to get to. Oh, um, cool. But we will, we will talk about Jeff Mathis and Lonnie uh, Lonald Lon- in future Lon- episodes. Lonald Chisholm. Um, I just want to uh, cover the rest of these because we got a full, uh, our, tot, our stove is full of tots. Um, is it? Yeah, uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, last week's tater tot, was rumored as part of a potential return to the Brewers for a Madison Bumgarner trade. Mm. Uh, Peter Borges, who I believe we won't be covering, uh, re-signed mm. with the Angels on minor league deal. G- Gabriel Guerrero, uh, he went to the Marlins on a minor league deal. Brian Holiday uh, was outrighted to the Marlins. Um, and Matt Skull uh, re-signed with the White Sox on a minor league deal. All tater tots, all deserving of our infinite love and affection, and we will not be talking about them for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> this dinger, um, AJ Ellis's dinger, took place yeah. on Memorial Day, and both the Dodgers uh, and uh, AJ Ellis's team, the Padres, were wearing some uh, some gross uniforms that we both hated. Um, was that article? Sorry. Yeah. Um, was that article that I posted in the notes? Mm-hmm. Was that from this season? Yes. That the Major League Baseball got into like some real trouble. Yeah, about, I believe like, so. Um, it was because I think if I have the chronology right, at least this is how I remember it. Brandon McCarthy tweeted about it. Um, about well, no, they they tweeted about like mm-hmm. they made like a one of those faux pas that sometimes corporations will make on uh, holidays memorializing. Like they'll do a nine eleven sale or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Brandon McCarthy put him on blast. Yeah, they. They're selling, as they always do, their their limited edition Memorial Day uniforms, camouflage to honor the troops. Yeah. Uh, and Brandon McCarthy pointed out that this uh, seems rather... Callous? Callous. Honoring the sacrifice of the troops by making you buy things. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, several players and... Um, um, one, one, one executive... Um, 
now now I'm forgetting who it is. Um, they they went on record with uh, with their disgust with this and the way that Major League Baseball handles this uniform situation, which is great because I mean for two reasons. For one thing, I agree with them about the uniforms, and for another thing, you don't usually expect uh, baseball players to take any kind of stand, but especially something that could be construed as disrespecting the troops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Terry Francona is the person. Oh, it was, yeah, because it was... Um, his son had that big thing about it. He wrote an op-ed, or... He gave, like, a significant statement. His yeah. son had served in Afghanistan and was like, yeah. MLB needs to be forthcoming about, like, where the money goes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair. Uh, my thing... My... Okay, I have two things. Great. And the first thing is that... Uh, obviously, they're trying to make money off of the jerseys, like... I don't know why this year, like, this happens every year, and it happens multiple times a year, because yeah. Memorial Day happens, and the 4th of July happens, and, and, like, it's obviously all to make money, like, there's no other reason, like, this isn't honoring the troops, they're wearing a baseball jersey, like, there, there are certainly more poignant ways you can do this that, like, aren't obviously and crassly commercial, um, and, and more out of that, the jerseys look bad, they're just bad-looking jerseys. They always look bad. They've never looked good. Uh, and it's, again, because camouflage isn't meant to look good. It's, <laughs> like, we do this, and it's like, oh, look at this, like, interesting, like, twist on the jersey, this fashionable jersey. And it's yep. not, that's not what the jersey, that's not what the print is for. Uh, well, this, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, uh, but I wonder if you could legally make a camouflage jersey that's designed to blend into a baseball field. Um, if that, would that give you a competitive advantage? Legally. I mean, oh, right, because of the sport. They're, um, yes, they're regularly. <laughs> no, it's against U.S. law. I think... <laughs> I think that that would be an interesting twist, but I think a lot of people would get mad about it. The Padres well, wear camouflage very regularly. They, um, uh, I think that they do have, like, a significant... Like, San Diego is where there's, like, a real military presence. Yes, it is. They have... Uh, Major like a real, base in San Diego, and consequently, their home alternate jerseys are camouflage. Yeah, um, and you could you could make the argument that that helps them blend into the baseball field. Could you? Yeah, Please make that argument right now. The, yeah, well, the Padres' colors are already muted and muddy, um, uh-huh. and when you add the camouflage pattern to it, it makes them even more difficult to see. And additionally. Whenever I look at a Padre, I kind of see right through them anyway. <laughs> so they got three things stacked up right there. With that being said, welcome to the episode, which is about a San Diego Padre. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the uniforms are helping them win games uh, because they lost about 100 of them this year. Win all their games. God. The thing about the Padres, do we want to watch the video first and then I can say what yes, I need to say about the Padres? I already have it queued up this time. Oh, uh, I need to queue it up. Okay, why don't you queue it up and then we'll cut out this part. Blemish so far for Alex Wood working here into the fifth. Now a drive, a deep left field for A.J. Ellis. Back towards the bullpen and it is gone. A home run. A.J. Ellis' first home run in a Padres uniform. Back to a one-run game. It's 4-3 L.A. Check out the former Dodger coming back to his old haunts and putting a hurting on Alex Wood. We've talked about this tonight. 84 mile hour changeup. 
too much plate and a lot of A.J. Ellis. I got launch angle. What did that guy say about launch angle at the he end? He said, quote, I got launch angle. What does that mean? I think that he is putting himself in the shoes of A.J. Ellis. Oh. And saying, oh, I get it. when I hit the baseball, I hit it with a with launch angle. launch angle. Well, here's what I will say about, I don't know about launch angle, because it was, it was pretty much a line drive, I kind of thought. Yeah, that's a good launch angle. Launch angle. Okay. Launch it, angel. It, yeah, that, <laughs> that launch angel took me to heaven on its wings. I thought, I what I like about that home run and what I like about my favorite home runs is that they're, like, punched. This is a verb that's right. often used as, like, a, a metaphor for hit, good good hitting. Right, for, it's, a, it's like for very, a solidly hit. Yeah, and compact. Yeah. And I thought that's what A.J. Ellis, AJ Ellis accomplished that. It looked good. I like the home run aesthetically. Right. We got another lefty here. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you Always know, a good he looking hit dinger. it solidly. I mean, I, I was, this is certainly not as majestic a dinger as Brandon Woodruff's last week. No. It is a fairly standard dinger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, well, the thing that, that was nice about Woodruff is that it went over a high wall. Right. Uh, those always look better. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you, you know, and it's just like, well, it's a matter of perspective. Of course, as we discussed last week, Brandon Woodruff is just an imposing individual. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas A.J. Ellis is... You know, he's a catcher, so he's not scrawny, but he just doesn't have that same look to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, nevertheless, it was a, it was a good-looking home run. Uh, the Dodger faithful uh, d- did not like it oh, one bit. They booed their friend. They, they booed him so good. and him extremely good. I think I, like, did a Google about the, like, AJ Ellis of it all, and... I didn't really notice the boos until I found an article that was like, oh, like, the Dodgers fans booed A.J. Ellis. And then I went back, and they booed him pretty good. And the thing about the boo uh, was that in the postgame that he gave, where they asked him about the boos, he said uh, that they were booing uh, because the fan wouldn't throw the ball back. And he was like, I don't get booed here. They don't boo me in Dodger Stadium. Uh, I have two things about that. The first thing is that the article claimed that he was being, like, cute, or like jokey, yeah. and I don't fully buy that. Yeah. Although I don't know, whatever. They didn't Anyways, have video of that, uh, which I would have liked to see. Yeah, and the second thing is that he hit it in the bullpen where no fan could throw it back. Well, yeah. So maybe it's a joke, but I, I, I'm I'm also inclined to believe it's not a joke. There is so much narrative to this uh, to this uh, to this tater tot story. I think this episode is going to have to be a two parter, Tim. Oh. <laughs> Wait, we didn't plan for this. Does it have to be a two-parter? No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, just like you're saying, um, the the Dodgers fans booed him. Uh, AJ Ellis, before he was traded away, was a Dodger for eight years. Fan um, favorite. He was drafted in 2008 and played for the Dodgers from 2003 to 2000. No, sorry, from 2008 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um. And just absolutely beloved by Dodgers players and the Dodgers fans. Um, Including Clayton Kershaw. Especially Clayton Kershaw. The two of them were and remain great friends. And not like the way that we sometimes pretend baseball players are friends. Um, Yeah, or the way that we pretend that we are friends. Exactly. Again, I don't know. Like last week, we're (laughs) complete strangers. Yeah. Um, Again. 
but yeah, those two. Uh, they I, cried like babies when they order. found out. Yeah. When, when, when AJ Ellis found out he was traded, he texted Clayton Kershaw and, and he said that they wept together. Um, which is genuinely sad. Did you have an opportunity to watch um, his comments after after the trade? No. It was. Should I? I really think you should because it breaks the facade of the baseball player as the tool, you know, as the property of, as the asset. Yeah. This is the saddest interview I've ever seen with a player. Okay, um, gonna... So I, I think that we should set this up a little bit. I'm sorry I'm talking too oh, much, but I'm really No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm, really, I'm really excited about all the narrative behind this tot. Um, so like I said, he was a Dodger forever. He was great friends with Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw insisted on pitching to A.J. Ellis. Um, he was his personal catcher, um, the second catcher, mostly to Yasmani Grandal. Um, and the Dodgers um, in... Uh, in July of 2016, traded him to the Phillies for Carlos Ruiz, who is yeah. an extremely similar catcher. He was 37. Uh, AJLS at the time was 35. Both of them not very good at hitting. Um, both of them pretty good at defense. Um, but, you know, the Dodgers saved about $800,000 to for them, that's that's almost nothing, um, and there was a lot of speculation about this. You know, uh, Carlos Ruiz is slightly better than AJ Ellis, but it caused so much strife among the Dodgers, among the fans, and it really helped sow this narrative of the Dodgers as of the Dodgers as being totally heartless. Um, that you know, I don't know. It it. it it was just a really shocking and surprising trade that I still remember the day that happened, even though it was yeah. really not a very substantial trade, like that backup catcher for backup catcher. I'm going to put this video on. Yeah, there. I'm excited for you to watch this video. What are your initial thoughts about not being here anymore? Oh, it's, um, it's tough. You know, I'm looking at the Dodger Stadium right now. This is really, really hard. It's amazing how things change, how fast things can change. Uh, I was just at the park shooting basketball with my kid and get a text message and an hour later, um, you're going to move your life. It's our family members that are the ones left to pick up the pieces, and that's really hard. Um, but um, it's a really, really sad day for me, a really sad day for my, for my family. Um, One of the things I'm most proud of is, is being a Dodger my entire career. Um, I was drafted by these guys in 03, and um, you know, to have been the longest tenured Dodger was something I was extremely proud of. I texted Clayton to see if he was still at the stadium and had him come out and meet me here in the dugout. And not much was said. We just kind of sat here together, and, and almost all likelihood I'll never get to catch him again is without a doubt, the most devastating thing that I'm feeling right now. And um, to feel that and just, just to hang out with each other for a few moments out here and have us both try to process what's happening. Um, very, very, very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's that's tough. I don't, I don't, like, there's like all the sort of like facade of it that I think is like there to make things easier, you know? Of just like, oh, this is just a business, and I don't... And probably to some extent, there are people like who actually 
and and there are instances where that's probably like very true, and it's just like, oh, I don't care. I'm on the Rockies, and I got traded to the Marlins. Like that doesn't matter to me. It's just a job. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you build personal relationships and and make friends with people, it's hard to say goodbye to them, and it's it is very nice to see that uh, come through. Yeah. Because uh, you know, it, it there's it's tough to. I think one of the hardest things about being a, a sports fan, to be honest, is to, is like having to deal with post game interviews, and and stuff like that, where like the questions are really bad and the answers are even worse, and like everyone knows that it's just an exercise that we have to get through together in order that we can like make our hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars, um, and and like that was really hard, uh, obviously for him, uh, but it, it you know it shows that like there are like real life lessons and, 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 and valuable things that you can take from this. Uh, that isn't just, you know, exorbitant amounts of money. Um, yeah. it was nice to see. Yeah. I, he seems like, he seems like a good guy. He seems like he had a real friendship with Clayton Kershaw and a real affinity for the Dodgers. Um, and when I read that article that <clears throat> you sent speculating as to why they did what they did, given that he was such a beloved character in the clubhouse and, and to Dodgers fans, um, it made me, it made me feel like, well, they could have just done that. Like, like when I was reading about Trace Thompson, I was like, geez, why didn't they just cut Trace Thompson? Like, yeah. Like Trace Thompson. Yeah. Was that important so, to, to them? To be clear, this is, you're referencing an article Dave Cameron wrote for Fangraphs. Yeah. Uh, and he speculated that really this all came down to a 40 man roster crunch and they figured it would be better to trade him earlier in the season rather than to DFA Ellis later on to save room on the 40 man. Which... Really? Like, no offense. And, like, everyone is... The the way that the article frames, like, the idea of the Dodgers narrative as a, a nerd team that, like, doesn't care about emotions made it, like, like kind of minimized that narrative. But right. when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I mean, you could have yeah. just, like, cut Trace Thompson or, you know, what there were, like, two or three other names that he mentioned that were just, like, easily DFA-able. Uh, and it's like, did they really think that like they were that big at like part of the plan in twenty sixteen or fifteen? Was it twenty fifteen? So another thing that was speculated, or sorry, this was twenty sixteen. Yeah. Another thing that was speculated that Dave Cameron kind of cast aside is that they wanted to wean Clayton Kershaw off of um, off of Ellis. You yeah. know, he insisted on using him as his personal catcher. That I completely um, don't buy. Like that. That like. And, and again, maybe that's just with retrospect, but, like, when you look at it, like, his numbers with... I, I put a link up there for the splits. Yeah, I saw that. That was really interesting. <clears throat> it's this, it's, it, it is effectively the same with Grendel. No. Did you see... Did, uh, if, if you look at the TOPS+, um, which is a measure, if you've ever listened to Effectively Wild, that you've probably heard uh, Jeff talk about, uh, it's a measure of how uh, how high his OPS was allowed in comparison to his average, mm-hmm. um, and his TOPS plus with AJ Ellis is like 130. Or sorry, um, it's hold on, I have it here. Uh, it is 85 as compared to 100 with Grandal, which is average. Um, so he was actually significantly better pitching to AJ Ellis. Well, he got about 400 more innings. It's true. It's double the innings he pitched uh, to Grandall or Russell Martin, uh, yeah. who he was much worse with. Although his Russell strike- Martin probably caught him at the beginning of his career when he was not as good. His strikeout walk with Grandall is is higher over mm-hmm. the shorter innings. Uh, I don't know. Like looking at these numbers, it just makes me think like 
there, there really was no reason for them to do what they did. Uh, like, I, I don't... Well, they didn't, they didn't want... I mean, the calculation was they wanted a better hitter. Like I said, yeah. uh, AJ Ellis is a terrible at hitting, and they didn't want to carry him on the playoff roster. Right. Yeah, not no reason, but I just like there there were workarounds, and and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, uh, but you know watching that video and watching the video that they made uh, for him when he came back with the Phillies, yeah, yeah. I, like my my knee jerk reaction to it was just like you didn't need to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can we watch that video, the the Dodgers welcome sure back thing. video? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I really, me, really like it. Pull it up. You mentioned that you found it very cute. I did. AJ Ellis. How are you, AJ? Good to see you. Good to see you. And a base hit in the left center, and the Dodgers win it on a base hit by the new daddy, AJ Ellis. Swing and a line drive, right field, base hit. AJ Ellis delivers. Flip to the section in the book. When you speak about AJ Ellis in the book, I don't know. Yeah, it's not in there. <laughs> I mean, I got pretty emotional. You know, you see your friend out there on the mound more than you see your teammate or see another pitcher. You're just so hopeful for what he's about to accomplish because you know how hard Clayton works. Pretty fair to say that this might not be the only no-hitter or perfect game Clayton ever throws, but for me to say that I caught the first one is something that uh, means the world to me. And then they, everybody claps. <clears throat> and the thing is, is that, like, he didn't even play that game. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, I I was, like, actually very moved by this. And I, like, came into this, like, research stage phase of this, like, yeah. trying to just find ways to push your buttons about the Dodgers. Right. Um, and I watched this video, and it kind of changed things for me. Uh, obviously, the first thing that happens in the video is that he meets with Vince Scully, which is, like, that's, that's the, the, this is how you, like, just establish him as like some hard strings. Well, he's a classic Dodger, right? Because he shook right. Finn Scully's hand, right. and then uh, you know, you get your walk off hit. Um, it's nice. Uh, this moment, he has a walk off hit highlight in here against the Padres, and they like did some foley work on the hit that I think is really really funny. Um, mm -hmm. Is like clearly not the sound that his bat made when it hit the ball, but like it was much juicier, I guess. I don't know. And then they, like, spray him with a hose or something. They get him. Maybe it's a water bottle. It looks like it's got a lot of pressure. Yeah. And he gives, like, a nice, like, scream. I don't The, the whole video is just, like, I'm, I I really like AJ Ellis as a person and as a baseball player. And I think that was the goal of the video. And it succeeded. He has a funny moment with Clayton Kershaw in here. He talks a lot. Of, he sounds like a good teammate. He sounds like a good friend. He sounds like a good dad. Uh, just a lot to like. Just a lot to like about uh, that guy. Uh, and I'm really mad that the Dodgers did him. I think they did him dirty. Absolutely. Uh, but I will say, if it's any consolation to AJ Ellis, uh, he got traded away from the Dodgers. That's. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is all building towards. Yeah. Is that really he thing. escaped? It's a good thing, of course, he got to go play for the 2017 Miami Marlins. Mm -hmm. So it all worked out for him. In the end. <laughs> He got to play. Well, he did get to play with like Giancarlo Stanton. That's not a bad Marlins team. Uh -huh. I don't think they amounted to anything, but that's they're, exciting. They were very bad. Right, and they always. Oh no! Actually, they kind of made a push, didn't they? But then they ended up being still pretty bad. They've never been good, unfortunately. No, and unfortunately, they remain the Marlins. 
They never um, will be good. Yeah, boy, now that I think about it, uh, he is, he's just had some unfortunate... Really bad luck, uh, yeah. Uh, luck with the teams that he's been on. The Dodgers are obviously the scum of the earth, and uh, <laughs> like Dodger Stadium is just a pile of... A huge pile of garbage on a he, mountain of garbage. He made some friends there, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice for him that he made garbage friends. Um, uh, uh, and then he went to the Phillies whom I no longer have very strong feelings about. They um, certainly weren't very good uh, that season that he went to them. Right. But he was only there for half a season, and then he was on the Miami Marlins, who are a train wreck. Right. Uh, and then he went to the Padres. Who... I got some things to say about the Padres, yeah, and the thing to say about the Padres is that, like, every time I look at their lineup from... I think, I, I can't say that it was from before the moment, but certainly from the moment that they traded for Will Myers uh-huh. and then traded for, like, Eric Hosmer. Is he on that team now? Yeah. I it's, mean, he, they signed Eric Hosmer more rec- a lot more recently than they got Will Myers. Their team is built the way that I would build a baseball team, which is to say just based <laughs> on, like, like, oh, yeah, I, I've seen that guy's name around. He seems good. Yeah. Like, B.J. Upton, yeah. Or, like, Freddie Galvis is a perfect example of a player yeah. who sounds like they were probably... Or, like, you just hear their name a lot, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, Freddie Galvis, he's an everyday shortstop. Matt Kemp is another great example of that. Oh. I've yeah. heard Matt Kemp's name a bunch. He's good now again. He but is, the, but he was very bad for the Padres. When the Padres got him, it was just like, yeah, that guy's name gets called all the time. He must be a good baseball player. And that is not sound logic. <laughs> I think that's about as good an explanation of AJ Preller as I've heard. <laughs> that's just listen. I call it like I see it, and the way I see it is that that lineup was slapped together by someone who's like for the first time playing out of the park baseball or something like that. <laughs> so, the thing about AJ Ellis uh, is that that was maybe the highlight of his season. Uh, uh yeah he he sucked real eggs this year as as a uh, as did the Padres uh, as as did the Padres um he you know he keeps getting work because he is very good as like a pitcher whisperer yeah I mean that's that's valuable yeah I mean apparently um because if you look at his his offensive contributions are obviously uh, terrible. Mm. Um, his framing numbers are okay, but not even that good. Um, mm. but he's a very good blocker and by some game calling metrics, we're a little suspect, but definitely according to the intangible measurements, he is an extremely valuable teammate. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, he seems like a nice guy. I would give him a job. <laughs> if, I mean, I would give I him w- a job as a coach or teacher. I was going to ask if he uh, has a team next year, mm-hmm. um, but AJ, if you're listening, uh, if you want to sign with me um, and just come hang out, uh, I'd, I'd like to be your friend for money. Is that weird? Yeah. Hey, it occurs to me, your hypothesis about AJ Preller signing people whose names he finds interesting, you notice a commonality between him and AJ Ellis? Which is... Oh, come on. I don't want to play this game. with. Don't make that face at me. Just <laughs> well, tell me what the thing is. Think about it. <laughs> no, come on. All right. 
The player we're discussing on today's episode of Tater Tots is oh, called are they AJ both Ellis. Na- they're both named AJ? They're both named AJ. <laughs> oh, so it's just like, hey, hey I that like this like guy. The, that sounds like the catcher for me. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I don't like people like that, and I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I assure you. That is not why AJ Preller made this decision. Well, probably not. AJ Ellis is. I mean, no. The thing is, is that AJ Ellis is a name. He's a. He's just another person who you're like. I've heard that guy's name a bunch. I bet he's a good baseball player. I'll put him on my team. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable. Uh, uh, sorry. I mean, I think that's that's a, that's a reasonable supposition. But he seems like a real clubhouse guy, and everybody likes him. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, the 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 next thing that I want to talk about, who is. Yeah. Uh, Christian Villanueva, who was the MVP of this game. Yeah. Uh, he had two home runs that night uh, yes. and tw- 20 on the season, and he had, like, nothing but very nice things to say about AJ Ellis. Talked about how he was, like, the clubhouse dad, um, which is, like, yeah, no, I think that that's worth something. It's worth signing a guy for that. I'm, I'm sorry for bashing the San Diego Padres front office. Good, good job signing AJ Ellis. Yeah, this is all going to come back to bite us when... All of their 500 exceptional prospects come up, uh, it, you know. It really is. They're going to win the, the NL West next year. Yeah, it could be. Like, everyone's like, oh, they won't be good next year. But that's what they say about every, you know, Brewers and everything right yeah. before they're good that season too early. Yeah, they're scary. Okay, I want to I talk about Christian Villanueva, yeah. though. Uh, because I he was, like, the next person that I Googled after AJ Ellis because I was like, this may be interesting. Um and then he, he they they released him and they they sent him to Japan. Yeah. Uh I think it turned out that his season was like not good enough on the whole to warrant like keeping him around, but like the clip I saw, like this clip of the two home runs that he hit in this game, I was like, wow, this guy's got some like serious game and I bet he's got a good future with the Padres. <laughs> uh <laughs> Nope. He's got a good future with the with the Giants, right? The, he's on the Yamiuri Giants. The Yamiuri Giants. That's absolutely right. Um, yeah, no, he was the he was the player of the month in April of 2018. This clip took place in May, so he was still kind of riding that hot streak, Christian Villanueva. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess he just did not pan out. 20 home runs on the season. Um, but yeah, no, they, they cut him, they sent him to Japan. Uh, yeah. The, the Padres... Um, Third base race is tightening. Uh, it seems like it's going to be Will Myers, probably. Uh, but meanwhile, Christian Villanueva joins the Yamiuri Giants with the likes of uh, Casey McGee, Archimedes Camino, Giants legend and Pirates legend, uh, Archimedes Caminero, who is a Pirates legend at Pirates least, legend. Yep. Uh, and Taylor Youngman, among some other names that I recognized. But the thing that I was interested in, because uh, I was doing some research about um, Japanese teams, uh, is that you're only allowed to have, I think, three players active who aren't Japanese. Um, yeah, they, they do have a limit. Um, I don't think it's three. You can sign as many as you want, um, but you're only allowed to have, I think it is three. Hang on a second. Uh, 2002 to present, four on the active roster, mm-hmm. max three pitchers or fielders um, <clears throat> who are not Japanese, which... Yeah. Uh, well, that's one way of running a baseball league. It certainly would not work in the MLB. Could you imagine? Uh, <laughs> that would not go over well. No. <laughs> no, this game is built on the backs of Dominicans. Maybe to a unhealthy and kind of disturbing degree. That's true. Um, 
but I, I think better this than excluding Dominicans. Probably, yeah. Um, There's got to be mean, some balance, though. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, there's a lot to get into, but yeah, I mean... We can save it. I don't know. I, I have a lot to say about... We're going to um, do an episode about pitching farms, baseball I, farms, and... I'd like to talk about it because one of the yeah. like one of the original things that I wanted to do with this podcast was to like, you know, really profile a, a player, and like that came out to be like that's not feasible because a lot of players are just like, when he was fourteen, he started playing baseball in a baseball academy in the Dominican, and now yeah. he's a robot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a problem. It's not cute. Uh, so I'd like to get into it at some point. And in the meantime, we're really rooting for Christian Villanueva because uh, I think that there are some real success stories. Um, well, maybe not People so much out of Japan. Japan. No, more from Korea lately. Yeah. Well, who is that one pitcher that came back from Japan really good? Uh, I don't know. I think he's a Cardinal. Cardinals have a Japanese closer. No, no, no. Well, this is an American who went to Japan. Yeah. This is the part where I grind the show to a halt to Google something that I didn't think You must I was be thinking of Brian Vogel's song. No. Cardinals. Japanese. Miles Michaelis? Uh, you mean the Pirates legend Miles Michaelis? The Lizard Eater Miles Michaelis? Yeah, Mr. Lizard Eater himself. Yeah, he was. Lizards. He actually was. He played for Yamiuri um, and pitched really, really well for them. And then he started pitching for the Cardinals this year. And I think. I think kind of lived up to it. That's wonderful. Yeah, he also I've ate, been a ate, fan of Miles Michaelis ever since I learned he ate a lizard. Ate a lizard one time. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good coincidence uh, because I've f- f- wanted to keep my distance from Miles Michaelis as soon as I found out that he ate that lizard. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have anything else? Uh, let's see. No, I think that's it. Okay, uh, well, I guess that's it for this week. Um, we, since, since the last time you heard from us, uh, we grew stronger. We have an email address that's uh, tatertotspod at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, we're at tatertotspod, and we have a Facebook page at the time of this recording. It's also at tatertotspod. It's also at tatertotspod. Uh, in the show notes, it says we still aren't on iTunes, but as of like... Untrue, an, baby! Untrue as of an hour ago. We made ago. it! <laughs> Yeah, I was going to make, like, a big disclaimer about how, like, you can listen to us on all the other, like, actually good podcast apps, but now I love iTunes. We love we you, are, iTunes. We, it's, <laughs> it's called Apple Podcasts now. Oh, whatever. We are everywhere. Yeah. We're on Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket we're, Casts, Stitcher. We're everywhere, baby. Uh, Overcast. Welcome to the, the big uh, Tater Tot Leagues. Yep. Um, so you can hear us now anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, today is Giving Tuesday for another, uh, hour or so on the East Coast, um, and maybe a little bit longer, I guess, on the West Coast. Four um, hours. How many hours? Four. Four. Jesus. All right. Well, um, no, that's fine. Uh, so, uh, we're going to continue to encourage you to give to Baseball for All. Uh, I think you can just donate, like, give them your money, but you can also give them some money and they'll give you some swag. Uh, I have my eye on kind of a cool hat from them, um that my next donation is going to go towards a hat. Um, but if you made it this far, as always, please consider kicking them some money. If you didn't make it that far at all, maybe give them some money also. Uh, our next episode is about Sue Wei Lin. 
and Sam Travis of the Red Sox. Heck yeah. Uh, we're really going to get into the weeds here because these are two players that I know very little about, next to nothing about. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Our first uh, double tot. We're double, yeah. We're double totting it up next week. I'm excited for it. And also the first episode that's just completely about randos. Yeah. No offense that's to those true. guys. But yeah, like, no, these two episodes, we really kind of went whole hog with mm-hmm. two, two of our biggest players, so we're gonna next week some, we're really getting into it. Some real legwork. Okay, uh, until next week then, uh, we will talk to you later, I guess. We don't have a good sign-off. We'll figure it out. Talk to you later. Bye. Not